Hi, folks. Welcome to the Great Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Smith, and this is where we discuss five big topics, the gospel, relevance, evangelism, apologetics, and training for Christians, all in relation to the truth of God's Word in Genesis as the seedbed of all Christian doctrines. Now, what we're going to be covering here today is the connection between Darwin and Marxism, which if you haven't figured out yet, is how the insanity of the culture war that we're currently experiencing is being manifested. So incredibly, Marxism is fast becoming a dominant ideology in the West, even amongst many professing Christians, whether they they really understand that or not. And Marxism has its roots in the teachings of Charles Darwin, itself, of course, founded on the unbiblical secular timeline of supposed millions of years of Earth history, which, of course, many in the church have also adopted. Now, Western society's youth is embracing Marxism, and of course, Karl Marx's ideology emanates from a naturalistic, atheistic understanding of life, which requires some kind of evolution to account for our existence. And of course, because it only espouses natural law, removing the creator does away with any kind of created order or absolute moral law. And of course, this allows for, amongst other things, destruction of the family, family hierarchy, gender norms. And and of course, it either silently condones or actively encourages sexual deviancy, abortion, uh, euthanasia, pedophilia, eugenics, you name it. So ultimately, it creates a survival of the fittest mentality in a society, which with, you know, That's how totalitarian governmental systems easily operate and thrive because they control all of the major resources and are the fittest among us. Now, as uh, H. Enoch, the former president of the Union of Evangelical Students of India and vice president of the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students stated, Darwinism consistently applied would measure goodness in terms of survival value. And this is the law of the jungle where might is right and the fittest survive. Whether cunning or cruelty, cowardice or deceit, whatever will enable the individual to survive is good and right for that individual or that society. See the mentality? And all of these ideas are prominent and evident in Western culture today and are being actuated through the laws being imposed in our countries, like, uh, well, Bill C-6 and C-7 here in Canada. And if you aren't familiar with those, just just look them up. It's pretty horrifying, to be honest. So, So how did this come to be in societies where in the past, indeed, the very fabric of these societies were once built on biblical foundations and interwoven with scriptural norms? Well, it's actually quite easy. It's easy, easy to think about. Simply teach Darwinism to generations of students. You see, the popularity of socialism, communism, and Marxist ideology today is rampant. In the United States, for example, well-known political figures like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, who call themselves democratic socialists, I mean, they're raising some eyebrows among some conservative types, and yet they're gaining massive support from the public, particularly amongst the younger demographics. They've been steeped in secular teaching ever since their arrival at state-run schools at a very, very young age. And of course, unless we think of ourselves as being different here, okay, than our U.S. counterparts, Canadians, we need to understand we're actually much further down the road of socialism than they are. In many cases, you know, we've willingly adopted policies that would never have been considered even half a century ago. 
While approximately 55% uh, of people in the United States see socialism negatively, according to a recent forum research poll, uh, they had uh, 1,700 uh, voters, 58% of Canadian voters interviewed said that they view socialism positively. So, you know, young people might think socialism is great, but they should beware what they wish for. Because even though Marxism or communism has never worked uh, to bring about any form of societal utopia in any country it's ever been implemented in formerly, many people still believe it should be implemented in Western society today. You know, perhaps in some kind of new format that'll fix any pre previous problems, you know, that took place in the past, like the, the slaughter of millions, literally millions of, of innocent people. Consider the outspoken humanist and, and American political writer, uh, Kurt Vonnegut's response to George Santayana's famous quote, those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. He says, quote, I've got news for Mr. Santayana. We're doomed to repeat the past, past no matter what. That's what it is to be alive. And, and perhaps even more poignant, especially to us uh, kind of watching our culture here speeding uh, towards cultural collapse at breakneck speed. It's the controversial American anarchist author, uh, poet, and pe uh, pedophilia advocate, Peter Lamborn Wilson's ironic quote, those who understand history are condemned to watch other idiots repeat it. And I don't know about you, but when I look every day in my newsfeed, um, you know, that, that's kind of the way I'm thinking. What are, what are the idiots up to today? It, it's incredible. So what is Marxism anyway? I mean, simply put, Marxism, Marxism is, is a redefined form of communism. It's an economic and political theory developed by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in which the workers in a society own the means of production, distribution, and the exchange of goods to make money. And of course, its goal is to resolve the problems resulting from abuse in capitalistic societies, including the exploitation of laborers and the widening gap between the largely poor masses and the very few rich. So according to the Socialism 101 website, Marxism focuses on class relations and societal conflict and uses a materialistic interpretation of historical development and a dialectical view of social transformation. Marxist methodology uses economic and sociopolitical inquiry and applies that to the critique and analysis of de the development of capitalism and the role of class struggle in systemic economic change. Now, while socialism and communism existed before Marx, he and Engels were the ones who turned the utopian dream uh, of a perfect society into some kind of practical science. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels are responsible for popularizing socialism and communism throughout the world. And it's safe to say that socialism would probably have remained impractical, uh, near impossible to implement uh, that kind of ideology without Marxist analysis. But what is the attraction then of socialism versus capitalism? Well, capitalism has been commonly described as a socioeconomic system in which private ownership for profit controls the trade industry and the market. And it's been the dominant um, way that Western societies have operated. It's, it incorporates biblical principles like private ownership based on the Eighth Commandment personal responsibility, hard work. And that's the, you know, such as the warnings against sloth in the book of Proverbs, right? And, and the principle of those who don't work, don't eat, re reiterated in Second uh, Thessalonians 3.10. So for the Christian, the system incorporates the commonly called Puritan work ethic, the idea that God has provided man with a bountiful creation with many resources. So given a free society and opportunity, if individuals work hard, they can get ahead economically. 
And of course, the ability uh, to make more capital should motivate them to continue working hard to provide for their families and for others that are less fortunate than themselves as an outflow of that bounty. But admittedly, if capitalism doesn't continue to include other biblical principles like charity, providing for orphans and widows, feeding the poor, and personal generosity, well, it doesn't always work in the favor of a prosperity and progress for all either. So increasingly, big corporations tend to dominate the market, and a small business and individuals, uh, of course, have more difficulty finding their way up in the market. So mergers, acquisitions, partnerships amongst mega cor uh, co companies and corporations aims to basically just increase profits and eliminate competitors are often very successful for individual corporations, not their employees, leaving many companies in a, in a, in a bind. And, and in this way, critics of capitalism, you know, they can say, well, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, which is often true. So, for example, uh, a recent USA Today article stated that the so-called coronavirus pandemic, well, billionaires like Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Tesla's Elon Musk, and Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg have gotten richer by the billions while small businesses across the land have been forced to close and millions of people have lost their jobs. So champions of Marxism might just might say, well, this is unjust because not everybody had the same opportunity as these mega corporations had. And so capitalism is unfair in that it promotes inequality. And this is, of course, where, well, many well-meaning Christians might agree to do away with capitalism to some degree. However, it'd be well for them to know that the same sin nature that causes people to deviate from God's principles, well, it inhabits the leaders who would rule under Marxist principles as well. And under an ideology that's undergirded in the belief that there is no God and therefore no moral absolutes, Marxism justifies all manner of atrocities as part of the good. So what is the Darwinian basis for Marxism? Well, Marxist com communism is greatly influenced by social Darwinism, founded on, of course, by English naturalist Charles Darwin, author of On the Origin of Species. Marx and Engels were exceedingly enthusiastic over Darwin's book on the origin of species. Karl Marx wrote a letter to Engels in December 1860 declaring that On the Origin of Species was the book which contains the basis in natural history for our views. Quote, As an atheist, Marx viewed the world in terms of class struggle in which the state was the supreme authority. And as mentioned, in his mind, the struggle for, uh, of the classes for existence was comparable to survival of the fittest in Darwinian evolutionary terms. Marxism insists that man's well-being is inevitably and progressively improved through a blind process of class struggle and revolution or the progressive improvement and development of man. In, a, in, in another letter uh, dated January of 1861, Marx wrote this, Darwin's book is very important and serves me as a basis of struggle in history. Not only is it a death blow uh, dealt here for the first time to teleology in the natural sciences, but the rational meaning is emphatically explained. So like Darwin, Marx viewed man in terms of constant evolution, therefore not completely developed, which then justified a violent revolution and death as a means of human progress as one group conquered and replaced another. So like Darwin, Marx viewed men in this way. And so it justified the way he developed his whole political system. Now, 
In current times, we see Marxist uh, ideas and Darwinian ideas being used as an excuse to perpetuate the idea to live and let others live in whatever way people desire without a supreme authority. And that's kind of like the, the Israelites after Joshua died. Just read Judges 21, 25. So disobedience to God's rules is not only normal, but totally accepted as part of our random evolutionary process as humans. Now, it's important to remember all worldviews have a religious component to them, and Marxism is no different. The three main religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam found around the world, well, they're no more dogmatic than Marxism is. Marxism properly contains within it an entire religious worldview, including an understanding of how the universe originated, where life came from, how to explain the human condition, and our future eschatological destiny as well. Marx essentially preached he discovered the secret of perfecting the human condition. And for him, the political arena became an outworking of his secular religious works, where he likely believed he was doing what was best for humanity as a whole, of course, at the expense of any individual that opposed the proletariat. Salvation in this system would be brought about when the entire world embraced communism and humans evolved beyond any kind of class struggle. As uh, author David Coises, a PhD in governmental and international studies at the University of Notre Dame, who taught undergraduate political science for 30 years, explained, Much as the scripture teaches the ultimate victory of Jesus Christ over his enemies and the reign of the righteous over the new earth in the kingdom of God, so also does Marxism promise an eschatological consummation of human history. This does not, of course, mean that there is not a battle to be waged or work to be done. Indeed, there is much of both. But in fighting for the classless society, the proletariat does so, fully confident that it is fighting not against history, but with it. Again, people need to understand, just like any other religious ideology, Marxists believe that what they're doing in the biggest possible sense is ultimately what is best for everyone. So all you need to do is, is watch the zeal of how many members of Marxist-based groups like uh, Antifa or Black Lives Matter, how these organizations operate. Well, you can see in a, a commitment to ideology far beyond what the average passive churchgoer is willing to do to enact their beliefs in society. As a matter of fact, it brings meaning to the lives of many who uh, might be deemed, you know, outcasts or on the fringe of society. And unlike Christ's teaching of non-coercion, violence is justified under this ideology. However, even, even though they disavow biblical authority, leading advocates of Marxism often borrow biblical terminology to explain their beliefs that dissenters must and should be overthrown and removed. As Leonardo Boff, he's a Brazilian theologian, philosopher, and a writer who's well known for his support for uh, libertarian theology in Latin America, stated, a final apocalyptic confrontation of the forces of good, which are the communists, and evil, the non-communists, and then the blessed millennium. He believes that the violent removal of anti-communists is justified and that it will bring about, quote, God's kingdom on earth and the advent of a new society of a socialistic type. Of course, God, in, in this case, being communism, basically deified. So let's look at what God's word says about the family and family structure and compare it to Marxism. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. That is, of course, Genesis 1, 27 to 28. God created male and female. Man was to rule over the earth, etc. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, many believers can't help notice the massive attack on family today. And of course, they may not understand that this God-ordained building block of Western society, the family unit, is actually antithetical to Marxist beliefs, which is why it's been targeted so violently in the past several decades as communist-leaning educational institutions have influenced generations towards that. Similar to Marx's dismissive explanation of religion as being a, a tool of control and the opiate of the masses with the idea of God out of the equation, he needed to explain the family structure and its function, not from a biblical viewpoint, but according to his communistic beliefs. And in his explanation, the family was viewed as part of a superstructure that could be manipulated uh, by capitalism, not as a unit created by God. So Marx viewed the family structure as not directly related to production, but as a way of keeping capitalism going. For him, the family structure perpetuated the belief that uh, hierarchy and inequality were normal. Family also provided a safe haven for male workers where women would, you know, relieve their stress and, and children would provide a reason to keep working hard. And Marx also viewed the family as a promoter of consumption through competition with the neighbors and through pester power uh, from children as a way to teach passive acceptance of hierarchy. But logically... If family structure simply evolves um, with the times, really anything goes. Polygamy, homosexual marriage, divorce, adultery, etc. And you can construct a family however you wish. Just take a look around at what's going on in culture today. Do you see how Marxist beliefs are being promoted now? So for Marx, abolishing the family, the bourgeois, was important to abolishing a capitalistic society. And he wrote, abortion of the family, and he said even the most radical flair at this infamous proposal of the communists. So his explanation as to why people objected to the destruction of the family was based on what he considered their lack of understanding. Quote, on what foundation is the present family, the bourgeois family, based? On capital, on private gain. In its completely developed form, this family exists only amongst the bourgeois. But this state of things finds its complement in the practical absence of the family among the proletarians and in public prostitution. The bourgeois family will vanish as a matter of course when its complement vanishes and both will vanquish with the vanishing of capital. Um, have you seen the video going around? The, the great reset video? You'll own nothing and you'll, you've never been happier? <laughs> right. See, young people especially need to understand that socialism is not the answer. And Christians need to educate themselves and their children as the, to the truth that Marxist ideas combined with Darwin's have been detrimental to the world ever since their inception. Marxism act, uh, advocates attacks on history, absolute truth, individuality, and the family unit as, as created by God for his glory have just ramped up. And parents understand that Marx was brought up in a Christian family. His parents were, were, were Jewish and, and they became new believers. However, on his way to becoming a lawyer like his father, 
Marx was influenced by the writings of Hegel, a political philosopher from Germany, and then by the writings and ideas of Charles Darwin, which he fully embraced and used to justify his radical beliefs. Marx came to believe in naturalism and that society itself must evolve. And with that starting point, he came to believe all other ideologies contrary to these ideas were against the inevitable. They were, they were simply roadblocks and obstacles to be crushed by the unstoppable march of human evolution. Any political adversaries were simply considered enemy reactionaries who deserved no legal rights or protections, but rather stern and severe punishment and castigation up to the point of imprisonment, execution for the, for the crime of retarding humanity's relentless march towards perfection. Does this sound familiar to you? Literally cancel culture, as in they first try to silence and then they literally cancel you and remove you from culture altogether. Only beliefs and actions that advance socialism can be considered right under this thinking, which ultimately imitates social Darwinism to a T. The French historian and university professor uh, Stéphane Courtois, he was a director of research at the French National Center for Scientific Research and director of a collection specialized uh, in the history of communist movement, movements and regimes. And he explained this, in communism, there exists a socio-political eugenics, a form of social Darwinism. As master of the knowledge of the evolution of social species, Lenin decided who should disappear by virtue of having been condemned to the dustbin of society. From the moment that a decision had been made on a scientific basis that the bourgeois res, uh, represented a stage of humanity that had been surpassed, its liquidation as a class and the liquidation of the individuals who actually or supposedly belonged to it could be justified. Indeed, the fathers of all of the murderous communist regimes like Lenin and Stalin and Marx and Pol Pot, etc., were fanatical Darwinists that justified some of the worst atrocities the world has ever seen by adopting his naturalistic evolutionary thinking and taking it to its ultimate conclusions. Communist uh, North Korea and China today, for example, are among the most brutal human rights abusers. And yet the West continues to move towards a belief in government that mimics theirs to various degrees. So what's the answer? Well, obviously, for the believer, Christ is the answer. Ultimately, no world system will ever be truly just and perfect until the perfect one comes. However, God's word lays out several truths and laws embedded, contrary to socialism, that were embedded into the Western societies that, that, that adopted them, which produced the most fair and equitable countries this world has ever seen. So despite the claims of socialists who point to the many sinful actions of leaders and individuals, or, or, or to, you know, unjust or shameful ways or laws past or present, Marxism, communism, and socialism violate many of God's ordained laws and principles for society and should be rejected by those that hold to scriptural authority. If you're appreciating this content, please visit the AnswersInGenesis.ca website and consider donating to the ministry. Of course, whatever platform you're accessing this on most likely has some combination of features that allow you to subscribe or like or share, perhaps to do a review. And we'd really appreciate you taking the time to do that because it's probably the best thing that you can do to help us continue to do outreach. And for more great content, head on over to Answers.tv and sign up for an Answers.tv subscription. So until next time, I'm Cal Smith. Blessings to you and yours. Thank you.